Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. That's where we're going to start. That's probably the only scripture I'll have you look up today. So if you get there and keep your finger in it or keep it open, you'll be set. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. Open our hearts to receive everything that you would have for us this day. In Jesus' name. It had been on Mike's in my heart for quite a while to do this. And then, so I'd been thinking about it a long time, and I had lots of things. And so we started last month on a Wednesday night. And Mike did one week, and I did one week. And I'll, with me, I'm just always going to be just flat out. I didn't think it went very well. I just struggled. <laughs> and I think it was because I had so much information I wanted to put out there. And then you just and then you just don't get in the vein. I like to get in, in the vein, get in the and so this last month I've spent lots of time praying about which direction we should go. I also went too long. And so I'm gonna try not to go too long if we don't get, I have so much information. And if we don't get that if we just run out of time, I'm gonna quit and we'll pick it up next time. Okay? So um, I have lots of information. And, and I don't want to go too long, but I spent a lot of time praying about this. I want to just give you what God has for you from his heart. And I, one of the things that people do not understand, seem too much anymore, is the love of the Father. And God loves you, and he wants your life to be the best that it can be. And so I want it to come from that perspective. And when I was praying and seeking God on which direction to go, it went totally different than where I thought. So I must have been all wrong, and he's always all right. So what we're going to do, and I had told you originally we are going to talk about men and children, and so we're just going to today talk about the role, the plan, the purpose for men. <laughs> so I'm not going to get on your case at all. Now listen, there are probably some things I will talk about, and it is not my purpose to make you feel uncomfortable. It's not my purpose to... Don't feel like I'm pointing my finger at you. We just live in a world that is really screwed up right now. And every one of us deal with problems. I talked about last time our marriage has never been perfect. And you realize there are not very many ma marriages that are perfect. And as you get older, you realize you go through transitions. The first few years might be honeymoon years, but when you get those kids... Everything changes, and you transition. And then when the kids leave, it's another transition. When, when Caleb, Caleb and I just spend a lot of time together horsing around, when he's around, and when he left, I thought the first month after he was gone, Mike, Micah is quiet. Caleb is verbose. And then Mike, it would just it'd be so quiet at night in the house. It's like, I don't know what to do I just, it's even Micah would say he and Caleb haven't always gotten along the best he said it's so quiet without Caleb here you know there's nobody to harass Mike you know so Micah and I have to take over there you know all those so you go through all these different transitions in your life and sometimes we just don't transition very well and yesterday uh, we had this training from this guy, he came from 88 Tactical in Omaha. It's a tactical training place. 
and I'd been there with Micah a year ago, and it's, it's cool. And then Brad and Micah have taken classes with them. But this guy's in his 50s, and he'd been a police officer in Omaha for years, and his specialty is to train people to be prepared. And he talked about, and I'll probably mention some of the things that he talked about, but a couple of the things he mentioned were, and he went through different scenarios, and I mean, obviously, the, the school shooting in Florida this week has been on everyone's minds. Everybody pretty much thinks about it. And he talks, uh, talked about a couple things, and this isn't just geared for the older women, young women, young girls, this is for you too. He talked about two of the greatest dangers that we face in situations like this. One of them is these things. Because we have, especially the, your generation, the young generation, are so connected to these. And the problem they see in these situations is rather than, than becoming aggressive and figuring a way to escape and get out of it, they're taking selfies or taking pictures or texting mom and dad, I love you. And, and he, he gave examples of this, especially like in that, Florida shooting at the nightclub, how they all huddled in a bathroom and, and took selfies and weren't executing a plan to keep themselves safe. And so girls, if you get in a situation like that, get rid of the phone and get the heck out of there, okay? Very simple. And the other big thing, crisis, that they see is denial. And I don't think it's just in emergency situations. I think Society right now lives in kind of a state of denial. We kind of deny that things are that bad out there. You know, deny that these things are going on. And, and he gave a clip. He inter the clip was an interview of a young man that was in that nightclub in, in Florida, in that shooting. And he was a young man, and he, he told the story about how they all ran to the bathroom and got in a, which you would think, that's fine. But they all huddled in there and started texting home. And he got sh the shooter was actually in the room, and this guy got shot in the foot. And he said, well, I didn't think I got shot. I thought I just must have cut my foot or something. Now, how much denial is that to be in a bathroom with a shooter and your foot starts hurt? What did he think he cut it on, the toilet stool? You know, if there's an active shooter and your foot hurts, probably. But we live in this state of denial. And we, we kind of deny, maybe we don't recognize how things change. And things have, have really changed and gone downhill. So we want to we wanna change that. We want to, you know, address some of those things so that we don't live in naivety all our life. Everybody, like I talked about, there are always difficulties in marriage. No person and no marriage is perfect. People and situations change, and it affects marriage, and it continually takes work. And if you, you know, if you struggle, if, if you're in a single-parent home, I'm not against that. I'm not against you. I just think there are things we can do to help, help you in that situation, and that's my, my point here. Now, there are cultural and demonic attacks on the marriage and family like never before. If you look at Genesis, and, and you all know Genesis, what happened. God put Adam and Eve and, and 
Eve screwed up and Adam screwed up, and it's just been downhill from there. But he sent Jesus to try to fix that problem, to fix that problem. But from this very beginning in Genesis, if you read that, if you're familiar with that, what happened was God told Adam something, and he was supposed to relay it to Eve, and he probably didn't do a very good job. And men have been in denial from that from the very beginning. They still blame it all on Eve. But in reality, it was Adam. He didn't do his job. And Eve got out of here. And Satan has been coming after the marriage and the family ever since. And you wonder why? Because the marriage and the family and, and children in our lives are God's heart. He wants the best for people. And Satan is going to try to always influence and destroy that. So um, Satan and those used and influenced by him are going to try to destroy God's original intent for the marriage and the family, and it's probably the number one strategy is by attempting to minimize the role of real men, and we've never seen that like before. Now, if you know me at all, I was the tomboy of all tomboys. I'm fiercely independent. I, I think I can do anything a guy can do or better. And I can't. <laughs> That's the nice thing about having women in here. <laughs> the men probably can deal with this. But there is a purpose. God put man on the earth for a purpose. And he put women on the earth for a purpose. And last time I talked about, I played sports. And the one thing you have to learn in sports is you have to learn to play your position. You know, when, when we do marriage counseling, and the minute submission, that word, you can just see the women just tense up. And it's because it's a wrong thought. We've been trained to think about submission wrong. Submission is playing your position and playing it right and allowing your teammate to play their position and play it right. So here we're going to look at Genesis. In Gen Genesis... Let's start in Genesis chapter 1. We'll start with verse 26. And then God said, he made all of, all of the earth. You've, you've been through that. And then he gets to the point of human beings. And he says, and then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Key things there, our image. God is a three-part being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, from the very beginning. And he's talking about man, and people, women will immediately ruffle up over that, you know, especially if you're on The View, and they talk about man. That's being very racist. He is talking about mankind, humankind. And if you read this, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every living thing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. So when he created human, he made one part, and it was both male and female, just like God is three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it's hard to understand, but sometimes you just got to take him at his word. Okay? So he created humans, male and female, but they were still one entity at that point. And then God created his own image. He created, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. And so that's very important there. God created man for a purpose. And a lot of times in a religious perspective, you will hear people say, 
we are just created to worship and praise and have fellowship with God. That is our sole purpose on earth. Well, if that were our sole purpose on earth, he would have just kept us in heaven. There was no point putting us down here at earth. There were some purposes and reasons he did this. And then it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. So this is important. God blessed them. And God said, this is what you're supposed to do. Be fruitful, be, mul- be fruitful and multiply. And a lot of people stop there. That's all they want to do is just be fruitful and be multiplied. But we've got to go beyond that. It says, and subdue the earth and have dominion over it. He is talking both to men and women. He is not saying men are supposed to have dominion and be creeps over everybody and everything. He's talking about men and women have a purpose and a plan. And when you look at dominion here, a better way maybe to understand that was order. He put us on earth to keep things in order. And we humans have lived since the time of Adam and Eve getting everything out of order and so we just need to get things in order so he gave us this purpose to have dominion and keep things in order on the earth to create like a second heaven and and that's so that he would have more people to fellowship but there's some things that go along with that but we stop there too often so we need to realize that just like when an army goes to war, one of their main purposes is to take out the leader. You know, we went after Saddam Hussein. We went after Osama bin Laden. We went, I have, our nephew was in Iraq, and he gave us a deck of cards, and it had the however many cards in a deck, the leaders of the terrorists that they wanted to take out. And, and you can go through that deck of cards, and they got most of them, but then they backed off. So... You want to take out that leader because it creates confusion and disorder. Well, that's what Satan tries to do in the family. He tries to take out the leadership, not just the man, but the woman. And he started right here from the beginning. And you have to realize that men and manliness is being attacked in this nation like never before. They call it, and he talked about this yesterday, you know, uh, they call it toxic masculinity. And there is toxic masculinity. Remember a few weeks ago I talked about how um, you can get on a road and you want to stay in the right lane and you don't want to get into a ditch one way or you don't want to get into the ditch the other way. If if a man has a purpose in his life, and we're going to get into what that is, then if he gets into the ditch and misses it, one ditch is he's going to be weak and wimpy and not fulfill his purpose at all. And the other ditch is they're going to be domineering and brutal and mean and abusive. And they're both wrong. They need to stay on path. And it's same with women. Women can get out of that path. And you can get over here and have the, I'm sorry, here, this is where I'm at. You can have the Hillary Clintons and the Nancy Pelosi's that are totally out of order. And they're screwing up everybody and everything about them, and we don't want to be them. But you can get over here on the other side where we just are the weak little victims that that take the abuse. And I can't understand these Hollywood women that have let these guys abuse them for years. I think because they don't even know what the role of a man is. 
And that's why we have to know what the role of a man is. So, last fall, I, I get um, a newsletter, alumni letter from Oral Roberts University. And this fall, we got several, and I get books through them. And, and we got two books. One was written, he's, he's a black guy. He's a pastor in Tulsa, but he is also the dean of spiritual foundation at Oral Roberts University. So this is a man writing this. And the name of the book is Endangered Masculinity. And then we got this other book, and he is the, pres the acting president of Oral Roberts University, and his name is Billy Wilson, and his book is Father's Cry. And they both take it from the same, they are excellent books. You can get on Barnes & Noble and get either one of these. And talking about the absence of man in, in society today, real men. And so I'm going to read you a few things out of here and s understand this comes from man. And, and I just didn't dream this up. So we were created to be balanced. And, and we'll go on. Let me read. Before I go on, look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. So God created humans with both the female and the male quality. And then he realized, he says, and then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to tend it and keep it. So he had a purpose there, not just fellowship. He was supposed to do something. Okay, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable. And out of the ground... The Lord formed every beast of the field, but just to condense this, he created woman, female, out of man, okay? And he put it because they were already there, they were already one, but what he really needed was a balance. He needed somebody to have, man needed somebody to have his backside. And the woman, the female, needed somebody to have hers, and and. Well, that's one of the purposes is to keep each other not in this ditch or this ditch, but going here. But once that purpose gets warped, then it's easy to get off course. And that's why we need each other. So let me read from, well, culture and the erosion of what true godly men look and act like have left this generation feeling fatherless. It is the biggest issue facing, this came from this guy, this guy, he says, cultural and erosion of what true godly men look and act like have left this current generation feeling fatherless. It is the biggest issue facing us in both the church and the world. God created men to lead, and it is the number one diabolical scheme of the enemy to crumble nations, families, churches, and homes is by taking the men out of their place. And then I want to read what he says, and I'm just going to read it because I can't say it better than what he does right here. It says, It is amazing today that the very concept of manhood is being challenged while the perception of fatherhood has been taken for granted. In other words, men have lost sight of their original purpose, and the concept of manhood has become vague. 
In similar fashion, a new generation of, male hu of the male human has arrived with little or no realization of what true manhood truly involves. Somehow this new generation has been birthed with little revelation of boundaries and standards that distinguish them as men or qualify them as fathers. Regardless of the time past or the ground lost, men must again be introduced to their measure of rule and their sphere of influence. Every man must realize that manhood is not a title and fatherhood is not an achievement. In other words, just going out and impregnating women does not make you a man. And Mike's telling them that over there, so I'm just giving you a heads up, okay? And, and we, even this guy yesterday, he said, you guys have it good out here. In, you know, the cities, and it's Omaha's bad. The coasts are worse. You know, it's just spiraling down here. It's the degradation of society. And don't be in denial that it isn't happening. But we can turn it around. But it starts in churches. I, I truly believe that one of the reasons we have the problem in the nation is because Men have been wimpy in churches and, and because women have tried to dominate it. And women have tried to dominate it because men have been wimpy. Okay, so we've got to get back to that place of balance. Manhood is defined as the condition of being human. In a general sense, manhood represents humanity. It makes sense when one realizes that man create that man was created both male and female and given the awesome responsibility of dominion. However, the responsibility of dominion must always be understood, this is important, in the correct context. If dominion is taken out of its original context, the result will always be abuse. Dominion has been taken out of context in North Korea, and the abuse over there is beyond appalling. Okay, Man must assume that he has rulership over all things. When man fails to exercise authority over those things that he was created to rule, he has abused his own role of leadership by not leading. And we, we, look at, we tend to look at this just in the natural, but that there are things in the spiritual that men need to lead in, and they need to step up in the plate. He will experience, and this is, it talks about men will experience frustration by attempting to control things that they were never given authority to control. So I said when they get out of the ditch, you know, they try to control or, or dominate people. And women will do the same thing. When they get in their ditch, they will try to control and dominate because and it's out of order. A man cannot assume he is mature just because he is a male. Everything male is not necessarily a man. The majority of you reading this book have potentially experienced this reality. You more than likely know someone who is a man chronologically, yet a child when it comes to being responsible as a leader, a husband, or a provider. Manhood is a complicated reality that must be understood in its proper context. Men can only comprehend their identities and purposes from their creator. And when men operate their purposes, their identities are secure. However, when man abandoned their created purpose, there are, their identities are compromised. Society today promotes redefining of manhood. A generation of young men are witnessing this attack upon their purposes without any revelation of its effects upon them. Is it any wonder that today's generation of young men are more confused about their identities than previous generations before them? 
in the same way that childhood characteristics do not represent true manhood, it must be understood that any confusion about the identity of manhood being compromised with female or feminine characteristics will have a detrimental effect on the consequences when it comes to men living out their divine purposes. Men will never be able to comprehend their purpose if they are blinded to, the original, uh, to their original purpose. Once blinded to this purpose, a man will adapt his identity to his newly perceived purpose. This reality is evident in our society today as we witness the absence of men in the home as well as the subtle attack of enemy upon manhood himself. This book seeks to address the need to return to the original purpose for which we were created. Let me give you a couple statistics. These are national statistics taken from government organizations. They're not just fly-by-night things off the Internet. Okay, 63% of all youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motiva motivated with displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. Our culture is changing. This week when that happened, the first thing I said to Mike was, have you heard about this guy's father, the, thing, the shooting, and where's his father? No father figure. Total orphan, was raised by his mother. Mother died a few years ago. No father figure, no man figure. I've heard it said that if, if young men have a man, one man in their life, they'll come out okay. They may be sketchy once in a while. They may get in trouble, but they need a man in their life. Our culture is changing so rapidly that most people, especially younger generations, don't even perceive that this was happening. For an example, 40 years ago, when I was in high school, you never went out to the school parking lot, but almost every vehicle, car or pickup, had, had guns in them. Had racks in the back of the windows. The cars were full of ammunition. Um, and nobody ever locked the cars. Our superintendent had guns in his car with ammunition because he hunted on his way to and from work. It was just the thing. And you never, ever heard of a school shooting. There weren't school shootings. So what has happened? Have the guns changed? Have the su guns suddenly become more violent? No. It's the family has changed. The supervision has changed. And, and I got this, I copied this off the Internet this, this week. This was a teacher in Florida, not at this school, but in Florida. And she says, okay, I'll be the bad guy and say what no one else is brave enough to say but wants to say. I will take the criticism and attacks for my opinion because I've been a teacher for two decades of experience. And she says, until we as a country are willing to get serious and talk about mental health issues, lack of available care for the mental health issues, lack of, this is important, lack of discipline in the homes, horrendous lack of parental support in the schools, are trying to control horrible behavior at school, but the parents say, oh no, not my kid. What did you do to cause my kid to react that way? 
lack of moral values, and yes, I'll say it, violent video games that take away sensitivity to any compassion for their lives, as well as reality TV that makes it commonplace for people to constantly scream up in each other's face and not value any other person but themselves. Until we address these things, we will have a gun problem in this nation. She says, I love hunting and four-wheeling in my spare time. I grew up with guns in my home, but you know what? My parents never supported bad behavior from me. And she goes on. She says, parents, it's time to step up. Be the parent that actually gives a crap. Be the annoying mom that pries and knows what your kid is doing. Stop being their friend, and they, will, they have enough friends at school. Be their parent. Be the cool, being the cool mom does not means not a damn thing when either your ch kid is dead or your kid kills other people because they're allowed to have their space and their privacy in your home. She doubles down and says, but you know what? I never, I had grew up with guns. I never dreamed of shooting anyone. And this guy yesterday from Omaha, he said one of the biggest problems that they're seeing is that people, bullying is increasing and people are bullying each other when they need to have compassion. And when they need to be strong, then they just become sissies. And that isn't just how he said it, but, but it's no different. So we have all these women on TV, and they're having a fit about people, about men that are, have toxic masculinity and take advantage of women. And then we have Vice President Mike Pence says, I never sit down and meet with a woman alone and they go ballistic, and they start to bully him, which is exactly what they did this, they bullied him when they should have compassion. Everything is backwards, everything is turned around. And then when, when somebody stands up and does the right thing, or needs to be strong, when a man needs to be strong in a situation like this, then, then how many of them run? And so everything's turned backwards. Back just 40 years ago when, when, like I said when I was in school, single-parent homes were the exception, not the norm. Today, the average American home is a single-parent home usually led by the mother. Multiple divorce, unwed mothers, numbers of parents that never wed has become a new norm, and absence of fathers in the home is epidemic. And if you think it's bad here, you know, you go into these urban areas, and, and there's just no fathers in the home at all. Almost as, and here's a kicker, almost as bad as no father in the family is a male figure in the home that is present but unengaged. They provide no leadership, no training, and no support. And it shouldn't be so. But one of the problems is, is, is why I'm saying this is because women reinforce this so many times. And so let's go at the purpose of men purpose of men, God put them on the earth, was to have dominion, to put things in order, to protect and provide. Protect and provide. And, and we don't think to, pro to protect not only spiritually, but physically, and not just to provide financially, but a man is to provide leadership, emotional support, and training. The goal should not just be for men to father children, to be, but to be a father to children. And fatherhood is a priority with God. 
God's purpose here, I'm going to go through, I think, four things. This is God's purpose for man on the earth. The number one purpose for man is the responsibility to maintain the Father's authority in the earth. He put, the Father God put man on the earth to, to be his representative, to have authority over the earth like God has authority over heaven. His divine order in Genesis, this is what it means to have dominion, not to control people, not to control wives and children, but to keep proper order in the home and on the earth and to keep safe God's plans and purposes. Number two, men need to accept the responsibility to impart to their sons what it really means to be a man and to their daughters how to be strong, godly women. Strong fathers in the home will create strong, independent women, and I'm not talking about muscles, okay? You can be strong, spiritually strong on the inside, and we need strong men to impart those strengths to women. And this is the thing, women, you need to realize that men aren't going to do it the same way as you do. Men aren't as verbal. They're more action. They're going to take the kids out and throw them in the air and toss them around and, and punch them in the arm and slap them behind the head and kick them in the butt and wrestle with them. And they're not going to sit down. That's not their job. That's yours. But don't try to do, this is what I said, don't try to do your job so much that you take away his. You've got to let the kids be with the men. I, another book that I read, and it says, once a boy reaches two years old, he should be with his dad. And I think women hinder that today because they don't want them to go out, and they don't want them to have a, you know, go out with their dad and learn to swear, or punch somebody, or, you know, and, and we're making sissies out of boys. My, my dad was not born again, and you think, well, well, men aren't spiritual. The man I'm with isn't spiritual. My mom was married to my dad. My dad wasn't born again until he was 75 years old. He was not a spiritual leader in our house. It wasn't perfect. They're, they're none perfect. But what he did do was protect and provide. And I never felt unsafe in my life. And he was, you know, he and it was never long lectures. It was never sappy. When I wanted a pony, he got me a pony, but the rule was it, when the pony throws you off, you will get back on the horse and you will ride it again. And then he, he always taught the boys, his nephews, if you go hunting and you kill something, then you have to clean it and eat it. If you aren't killing it for a purpose, then you're killing it for the wrong reason. And you know, that's a scripture in Proverbs. My dad never knew that. But he was teaching spiritual principles by manly actions. And that's what we're missing so much in homes today. And, and women prohibit it because they don't want, it's like they want to coddle their babies. And you know what? I have spoiled and babied my boys as much as anybody. I love those guys. But I have tried to put them out there with guys. You need to be with your dad. You need to, Mike never hunted much, but because the boys loved hunting, he learned to hunt. And so great hunting tactics is not what he taught them, but he taught them you can get out and do something for somebody else. 
and that was more important than making them great hunters. And so we try, women try to put men in a box so much. Don't put them in a box, just let them be men. Now, if it goes into abuse, that's a whole different topic, but let men be men. That's what we're killing ourselves by not letting men be men anymore, okay? Number three, a man's purpose is to impart vision leadership for, follow, for the following generations. Ideally, fathers should be committed to teach his children the truths of God's words and their role in fulfilling his will. But if they don't get that, let them start in the natural. That's all right. Let them do in the natural. Protect and provide in the natural. You can still come in and protect and provide in the spiritual. You can still pray. You can still expect them to do these things. You can put them in a position to do them. Men will teach by action more than verbally. And number four, it is the responsibility and role of men to see that the needs of others are met. Men are created to serve, and so are women. Man was created to represent God's presence in the earth. Sin is the enemy's tool used to distract men so that he misses his purpose. The role of a man is not to sit on the couch and pass gas and burp 24 hours a day. His role is to get out and help people. And if we keep them from doing that because we're always nitpicking, one of the biggest things women do to men is they just get obnoxiously religious with them. Do you know what I mean? And they try to put them in this little religious box. You've got to be this. You've got to be that. I thank my God. Thank God always for my mom. She didn't do that to my dad. And he eventually got born again and we made it. Okay. Along with woman, man provides. This is Men are to provide team leadership. It shouldn't just be the guy and it shouldn't be just the girl. Everybody plays their position. Along with women, men provide team leadership in the home, but the man should take the lead in protecting the home spiritually and in the natural. Now, this is what I want to say to you girls, young girls, if you're not married yet. This is the mistake everybody makes. You just look at the guy to see if he's cute and if he has a great car, and that's all right. That's a plus if he does. But look at the guy and see if he's going to be a great father if he's going to be a provider, you know. That guy is going, even if you divorce, he is going to be the father of your children for the rest of your life. And he's going to be those kids' dads for the rest of your life. Take that into consideration before you say, I do. That's my marriage counseling. Okay? Don't just fall for every guy because he's cute or because he pays a lot of attention to you. Get to know him. See how he treats kids. See how his dad treats kids. You know, you don't have to fall for every guy in the world, okay? And I'm serious. Make sure you're going to marry a man, okay? Okay. We have a society that is full of bullies that should be compassionate and sissies when they need to be strong. God told Joshua multiple times, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And society is trying to make people wimpy and victims, and we don't want to be that. Paul told Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. 
That's what men need to be doing. That's what women need to be doing. We need to guard what's been committed to our trust. Now, there's a scripture that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if your marriage isn't perfect, if you're in a single-parent home, if you're divorced, we have lots of people here today that are divorced in single-parent. I understand that's not perfect, okay? But if you're currently a single-parent situation, all is not lost. God's mercies are new every day. God promises to be a father to the fatherless. So you always want to make sure, try to your best to get your children to have a relationship with their heavenly father because that is the ultimate. But here again, you can't shove it down people's throats. I hate anything shoved down my throat. My first reaction to getting something shoved in my face is complete rebellion, and your kids are no different. Lead by example, not by shoving it down their throats. If you are in single-parent homes, find men for your children to be around. My mom's sister had three kids, and when the kids were little, her husband died. And my dad became the surrogate father for those kids. And he taught them to hunt and he taught them to fish. And they adored him all the days of their lives. And it wasn't the perfect situation. They still have issues. And I know it's from being raised in in a home because whatever, there are lots of things. But it wasn't perfect, but it's much better than it would have ever been. And real, that's what I'm saying. No marriage, no family is perfect. But you have to be a proactive. Don't be a victim. Get them out there. Get them around men. And, and don't go home today and, and start shoving this down the guys' throat. Well, Kathy said, you, you got to do it. Don't go home and expect them to be perfect. Like I said, don't be religiously obnoxious because that is just going to run them the other way. Do the best you can for where you're at. Realize that God's on your side. Don't work against God's plan, but don't be deceived. The world is spinning out of control, and you need to be proactive. He talked about, this was very interesting yesterday. He gave a, had a graph. Let me see, am I going too long? It's close. I'm almost done. He had a graph of of Columbine and all the classrooms in Columbine and what they did. And the ones where the most people were killed were the ones that just tucked their head, hovered, and hoped. The ones that it were in classrooms that actually became proactive and put barriers in the doors and turned the lights off and turned their cell phones off so that he couldn't hear where they were at, they were the ones that lived. And it's the same thing wherever you're at. Don't become the victim. Don't just cower and not do anything and be in denial. Do something positive. And and start by your relationship with your heavenly father and and the word of God. And what does the word of God say? And just do the best that you can for where you're at. And God will make the difference. Okay? So with one last thing, and I talk about my dad, this You've just got to understand that's where I come from, okay? And I love my dad. I adored my dad. And my dad had eight, seven brothers. And I never met my grandpa, but from everything I saw, he was real gruff. And they were German. And a lot of these old Germans can be gruff. 
and they can, you know. And I, I just know that when my grandpa would take the boys in his car and they'd lean over the front seat, he'd say, sit down, and they wouldn't. So he'd slam on the brakes and throw them back, and he'd say, sit down, damn it, I told you to sit down. And, and so he's gruff. I knew he was gruff. And so my dad had seven brothers, and I've thought about this through the years. Every one of their wives loved those guys, and their daughters adored them, and none of them were spiritual men. They were just rough. They were ball barroom brawlers and fighters. And I read this comment, and it said, when men are faithful as husbands, fathers, and examples to those under, those under them, those who are under them and they, who they cover, they will love them. Men, when men are faithful as husbands, fathers, examples, not just a father, if there isn't a father in the house, grandpa, uncle, cousin, whoever, when men are faithful as husbands, fathers, examples, those who are under their covering love them. And when a family is provided for and protected from enemies of life, they are appreciated in the home. So, like I said, my dad and his brothers weren't perfect. I have a cousin my age, and he's deaf, almost totally deaf. And he grew up in Texas. And because he was so deaf, he was timid all the time. And he says, the one thing I remember about coming to Nebraska and the uncles, he says, I'd walk around with my hands in my pockets. And all the uncles would come along, take my hands out of my pockets and say, you can't walk around with your hands in your pockets. If you're deaf, you don't hear the enemy coming. You have to be prepared. And the uncles would always put their fists, his fists up. And he's turned out to be the most wonderful father, and he's not a violent man. But the man took the time to train, and it isn't always the spiritual thing. They taught him, they taught them to be men. And that's what we're looking for, and that's what you need to recognize. And don't you know, I just think this young generation, a lot of the boys don't know how to be men and they're intimidated from being men because society wants to keep them weak and girls don't recognize that you need to have men be men because real men aren't going to be abusive. They're not going to be unattached and disengaged real men. And that's what you want to look for, real men that will be attached and they will protect and provide and they'll provide that balance that you need in their life that we need in our lives that the church needs that the political world needs and so i've gone on long enough and we got to quit so we'll pick this up again and probably talk more about women's roles next time so like i said don't go home and pester the men just let them be men father god in jesus name we thank you for this day we thank you for your word lord god I ask, I want these women to be blessed. I want them to be happy. I want them to be strong. I want them to know who they are in Christ because I know that's what you want for them. Oh, Father God, bless them. Make them, help them to be proactive. Help them to not be victims. In Jesus' name, Father, we love you, and I loose the angels of God to guide, guard, and protect them at all times, and your Holy Spirit to work in, through, and for them. In Jesus' name, thank you. I don't hear the guys outside, but um, you're...